Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. ESPN Radio Sports Center. Good morning, I'm Steve Lennox. NFL made the announcement Friday that Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon has been reinstated and will be eligible to play for the Patriots in the regular season. Gordon filed for reinstatement with the league last week after he was suspended last December for violating the terms of his reinstatement under the league's substance abuse policy. Chargers All-Pro Safety Derwin James out indefinitely after suffering a stress fracture in his right foot Thursday. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn with more. It's soreness in his ankle. Uh, we'll see how long, but like I said, I don't, I don't want to speculate on that right now because I don't know, to be honest with you. But he was, he was on the field today. You see him, he's walking around, he was doing fine. He was getting mental reps, so he's still into it. And what's a team lose with James out? With his production, with his intangibles, I mean, we're going to miss him a lot, but I mean, we're a team. I think we have a good team, so we have guys that will step up, and we'll be fine. I mean, we, we lost Joey last year. Uh, you know, we fine until we got him back, so we'll be okay. James was in a walking boot on Friday. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers expected to be back at practice Sunday after missing Thursday's preseason game against the Ravens because of back tightness. USA men's basketball team beat Spain 90-81 in an exhibition Friday night in Anaheim, California. Donovan Mitchell, 13. Chris Middleton added 12. Head coach Greg Popovich. Good chance to jump in the fray and see what this is all about. So it was like a, a baptism for us. New group players, coaches, all that sort of thing. So it was a, a real experience. FIBA World Cup gets underway in China on August 31 for Team USA. The hunt for October continues. The AL East leading Yankees play host to the Indians. Coverage begins today at 1230 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Presented by Indeed. The call to post means it's time for Off to the Races on the Racing Biz Radio Network. We're talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from Virginia, around the Mid-Atlantic, and across the country. Off to the Races is powered by the Racing Biz, the independent voice for Mid-Atlantic racing and breeding. Find them at www.theracingbiz.com. Now here's your host with Off to the Races on the Racing Biz Radio Network. Good morning, everybody. A happy Saturday to you. It is Saturday, the 17th of August. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your morning with us here on Off to the Races. My name is Frank Vespi, and for the next 60 minutes, we're going to be talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from, well, kind of almost everywhere they're doing thoroughbred racing and, and breeding. Certainly a little bit of Virginia, a little bit of Maryland, a little bit of Del Mar. We'll catch up with some news from the week that's passed. So, lot to do here. Fun show on tap today. We're going to have a stakes winning trainer in. A line maker is going to visit with us. Of course, Derby Bill's going to be here. So all kind of stuff to do here on Off to the Races. And we appreciate your making Off to the Races a part of your Saturday morning. Today's show, as always, powered by The Racing Biz. Check us out online, www.theracingbiz.com. You get our free mobile app for your Apple and Android devices when you visit. And, of course, you can track us down on social media. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Flickr. We are at The Racing Biz, and we're always happy to hear from from, – let's try that in English – We're always happy to hear from folks on social media. We are at The Racing Biz. Come find us and say hey when you do. Today's episode of Off to the Races is presented by the Virginia Thoroughbred Association and the Virginia Equine Alliance. They are helping to make Virginia racing history. You can learn more at 
www.virginiahorseracing.com. The VTA and the VEA, the people who kept the home fires burning while Virginia Racing was kind of waiting for Colonial Downs to be reborn, which it now has been, but the VTA and the VEA, good folks who helped to make that a reality. As I said, a lot to do on today's show, but let's take a quick look back at the week that was. And we've been spending a lot of time talking about Saratoga the last few weeks. We're not going to talk about Saratoga in this week's look back at last week. Instead, we want to take a break from Saratoga and look, focus on perhaps the best, certainly the best turf horse in the country right now, might be the best horse of any kind in the country right now. His name is Bricks and Mortar, and he won the Arlington Million. Bricks and Mortar starts to move. Bricks and Mortar is in behind a wall of horses. Bavoy needs a gap and is swung wide. Robert Bruce has pulled out, and Captivating Moon was last as they straightened it. Still Bandua. Here's Magic Wand, who comes to take on Bandua with a furlong to go. And Bricks and Mortar is charging hard. It's Bricks and Mortar took the lead from Magic Wand and Bandua Bricks and Mortar Irad Ortiz Jr. for Chad Brown with an unprecedented Arlington grade one hat trick today under Irad Ortiz Jr. Bricks and Mortar bided his time in mid-pack came three wide in the lane powered home to win by three quarters of a length it was Bricks and Mortar's sixth consecutive win. Five of those wins have come in graded stakes company for Bricks and Mortar. He's now won four grade one stakes this year, including the Arlington Million, which he won last Saturday, the Manhattan, the Turf Classic at Churchill Downs, and the Pegasus World Turf Cup at Gulfstream Park. Overall, he's won 10 of 12 career starts. He's got nearly $5 million in earnings. Bricks and Mortar is just about as good as a horse there as there is in the United States right now. That his win in the Arlington Million was part of a remarkable day for trainer Chad Brown. He swept all four graded stakes on the Arlington Million card. He won the Arlington Million with Bricks and Mortar, the Beverly D with Sister Charlie, and the and the uh, Secretariat with Valid Point. Those are all Grade One races. He also took the Pucker Up a Grade Three event as the final race on the card so just a preposterous day for trainer chad brown it really is at this point chad's world and we're just living in it one other side note arlington million if you ever get a chance to go out there if you have not been out there go and do it it's a great day of racing at a great facility really a fun day at arlington park the arlington million Moving closer to home, Colonial Downs hosted the first stake, uh, stakes of its rebirth last Saturday. And the first of those, the M. Tyson Gilpin, went to what the beep? Just in behind them, looms What the Beep, who starts trying to make up some ground. In between horses is Solarte. Down the outside comes Pink Pearl. Final furlong time now. English Air is uphill battle. Here's What the Beep coming in between runners. In the lime green colors is on the outside Solarte. It's What the Beep who comes up calling after the lead. English Air tries to battle on toward the inside, but What the Beep has all the momentum, and What the Beep wins the Tyson Gilpin. What the Beep with Forrest Boyce in the Irons won by a length for her third win and 13 career starts. She's a homebred for Eagle Point Farm and trained by Eagle Point's Karen Denny Godsey, for whom it was her first stakes win as a trainer. Other stakes winners on the Colonial Downs card were Elusive Mischief, who won the Meadow Stable, Tryon Summer, who took the Nellie Mae Cox, and River Deep, who won the Edward P. Evans stakes by disqualification. All those stakes were for, excuse me, for Virginia breads or Virginia sired horses, and Virginia breads are going to line up and do it all over again at the end of the meet, so there will be another Virginia bread stakes day still in the offing. This evening's Colonial Downs card is going to feature two stakes. We've got the $100,000 Chesapeake going six furlongs on the main track and a $75,000 DeHaas going five and a half on the turf. Post time at Colonial Downs is five o'clock. That's not the only stakes action in the Mid-Atlantic. It's also Maryland Pride Day at Laurel Park. Four stakes for Maryland bred or Maryland sired horses on the docket at Laurel Park. Post time, 110. Also, later on today, the grade one Alabama at Saratoga and, and probably the day's biggest race and the feature of the Del Mar meet where the surf meets the turf. That's the grade one Pacific Classic. Post time for the Pacific Classic is about 9.40 p.m. Eastern. 
bumping up against our first break here on Off to the Races. Got a great show lined up today. Of course, at the end of the hour, we'll have Derby Bill Watson and Nick Hahn, who blew up the tote board yesterday. They're going to join us at the end of the hour. At the bottom of the hour, going to have uh, Karen Godsey going to join us and talk about getting her first stakes win with What the Beat. But up next, Laurel Park line maker Keith Few still going to join us. You're listening to Off to the Races Radio, and we are coming right back. Hi, my name is Trevor Burton. You can listen to my daddy on the radio every day. Hardly working with Greg Burton from 4 to 6 on ESPN Richmond. Serving Richmond and beyond for over 20 years, Bonaire Shell features a full line of automotive services. Check out BonairShell.com, loaded with coupons, specials, and more to see all that they can do for your car and your peace of mind. And now with their Fuel Rewards program, you can save at least five cents per gallon on every fill-up. Learn more at FuelRewards.com. Go see the team at Bonaire Shell, 8762 West Huguenot Road. Go to BonairShell.com or call them at 272-3232. That's 272-3232. July has been a scorcher. Hey, it's Flying Brian, and this Sunday, for, for our, our first, first time, time ever, VA Cars is staying open to beat the heat. We've got hundreds of cars coming in for August, so this weekend we're considering all offers. Certified pre-owned vehicles with engines guaranteed for life. An unbeatable deal this Saturday and Sunday at VA Cars. With four locations, there's bound to be one near you. Hopewell, Midlothian, and two in the West End, including the all-new VA trucks. Find them all at vacarsforsale.com. The Flying Squirrels are celebrating 10 seasons in Richmond by honoring 10 memorable past players. New series includes a Brandon Crawford hat hair giveaway for adults, Brandon Belt baby giraffe hat giveaway for kids, one-of-a-kind bobbleheads of Charlie Culberson and Stephen Duggar, t-shirts, and more. For tickets more information, call 804-359-FUNN or log on to squirrelsbaseball.com. Flying Squirrels Baseball. You know what makes every diamond unique and special are its four C's, cut, clarity, color, and carat weight. But do you know what makes Diamonds Direct special and unique? It's our own four C's. The first C, concept. Diamonds Direct has revolutionized jewelry shopping by eliminating middleman markups and giving you direct access to the world's finest diamonds straight from the diamond cutters. The second C, choice. Diamonds Direct's multi-million dollar selection of precious diamonds is unparalleled. And with over 4,000 designer settings to choose from, you are empowered to make a decision that works for your style and taste. The third C, confidence. With a nationwide price guarantee, free lifetime warranty, our unique 110% diamond upgrade policy, and our no-pressure, no-risk environment, you have total peace of mind. And the fourth C, community. Every year we partner with local charities and nonprofits with significant donations of time, money, and jewelry to make this a better place for everyone. Diamonds Direct, as unique, special, and rare as every diamond in our showcase. Get store hours and directions at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, Richmond, it's Mike Gold. Listen to Trey Wingo and me every weekday morning at 6, now on your your FM FM dial at 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Welcome back, everyone. Off to the races radio on a Saturday morning, talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from all over the place. It is the fifth Maryland Pride Day. We've got four stakes on the in the offing at Laurel Park for Maryland bred Maryland sired horses, as well as three allowance races for Maryland bred. So seven of the twelve races are for maryland breads at laurel park today joining us at this moment to help us make sense of it all is the line maker for laurel park keith fustel joins us keith welcome hey frank how you doing doing well this morning how are you i'm doing well yeah just getting ready just finished up some free uh tv work for the show at noon with uh stan salter the today at the races but uh getting ready to head down a little bit to lovely laurel Ah, beautiful. Nothing like nothing like Laurel in August, right? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's chew through these. We got four stakes here. We'll just kind of chew through them in order. Um, the first of them is the uh, seventy-five thousand dollars start in Ascra for three-year-olds going six furlongs on the main track. And uh, you just give me your take here. What, what are you thinking as you look at the at the start in Ascra? I tell you, I thought out of all the stakes. You know, this this was the trickiest for me. I, I still, 
end up on, on the program favorites, uh, the two where Paradise lay and the eight distant shore, the shippers coming in, one for Stanley Huff and one for Tom Amos. But uh, interesting race, um, some definite speed in here. Just going to see how distant shore and where Paradise lay, will they take to the laurel surface uh, first time over? You've got a couple horses like Cammy's horse, um, Hall Pass, uh, who, who's in pretty good form right now, turf or dirt, and that would be Grand for Dale, I think, will rebound. And they, they kind of maybe have a little bit of a home court advantage over the two shippers. Yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, it seems like to me distant shore, I mean, mm-hmm. he may have um, he's going to have company up front and that may be a problem for him fast from the rail and we we know the x-man it's it's going to be go if he comes away fairly cleanly he he has got uh some rapid opening quarter mile speed and he can take it uh will he take it all the way uh, against these i'm not quite so sure but uh he will make the eight work for it as long as he breaks cleanly from the inside yeah so that that kind of i think does point you a little bit in the direction of a couple other horses, you know, mm-hmm. like, as you said, like maybe where Paradise Lay, who might be sitting, say, four thoroughly. Yeah, and this is a horse that, you know, only has a maiden score to his credit, but you look at the company lines, he's faced some killers the last couple of races at Churchill and at Saratoga. Didn't look like he didn't really have a great trip from the rail at Churchill. Uh, I think today, with Great Herman, the stone speed just inside of him, and the three horse that would be granted, kind of a horse that has some issues getting out of the gate. I, as long as he comes away fairly cleanly, the two will draft into a good position and bring some finish. I look back at a race at Keeneland back in April. I think five mixed out winners out of that race, and you know he he and Distant Shore overall, I think, have run against the best company when you really break it down. Yeah, that that's how it certainly looks to me. Mm-hmm. As well, the shippers seem to have the jump on the local runners, and we'll see how that plays out. Moving on to the eighth race, the All Brandy, that's a mile and a sixteenth on the grass for uh, Phillies and Mares three and up. And this one, uh, the two guys who might have huge days look to be Trevor McCarthy, who is a jockey named on the favorite in three races, and Mike Trombetta, who has two favorites and two second choices in the four races. And in this race, he has the favorite and the second favorite. My sister Sledge, seven to five morning line. Monte Cristo, two to one morning line. It, does the race run through those two horses, Keith? Well, I think the race is going to go through Goals Night Out. I, I think she is going to be the one to catch. We have a couple scratches in the eighth. Uh, the two good role, who was 15 one morning line, is out as well as Victory Rally. Um, I believe the six and the seven are the horses to beat. But the way this turf course has been playing, speed has been kind of carrying. Goals Night Out seems to be cycling into pretty good form for Hammy Smith, who shocked the world with a 30 to one first or yesterday. Bulls Night Out closed to get up in time in the Jamila at a big, big price. She won't be anywhere near that today. She was caught wide back last summer against Monte Cristo. She seems to have a little bit more positional speed as of late. She's going to make them work up front. I'm going to take her as a slight upset pick, but Monte Cristo and my sister Sledge, and they're going to be the two favorites in this race, and uh, they're the two to beat. Monte Cristo might have a little bit more positional speed, get the jump on her stable mate uh, of my sister Sledge. But it looks like a good horse race. I, to me, it, it looks like a three-horse race. Right now, you've got the two scratches out. Could you find anybody, any kind of price other than that? I couldn't. No, I, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is right. And I thought Ghoul's Night Out obviously ran a really good race to win the Jamila last time mm-hmm. out. And, and I, I think Monte Cristo's race in the Just a Kiss was maybe better than it looks a little bit because, you know, mm-hmm. Capla Temptress uh, and Lift Up, those are legitimate stakes mm-hmm. animals, you know, in open company. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, she yep. rallied basically made the lead, maybe even did put her head in front for a second mm-hmm. and then flattened out a little bit. But that was her first race in five months. So certainly yeah. has the right to move forward, it seems like to me in this spot. But no, I I, I, th- I tend to agree with you. I mean, it, the other horses need to yeah. take a step forward if they're going to compete with those three, it's, it seems to me. Yeah, it looks like it, it's good to see Monte Cristo. It looks like she maybe has come back on her game because she was looking like she was going to be any kind last summer. Then all of a sudden, uh, she runs big at Saratoga at the Belmont Soft Turf. She, she didn't run, she ran poorly, came back, 
down at Gulfstream, a couple of nondescript races, a little bit of a break. And uh, the horses that beat her, you're talking about Capo Temptress, lived up. Second place finish came back to win a nice stake. Uh, albeit at the mountain, but it still was a good field, uh, running a buyer of an 88. So that makes her a major player in here. Looks like she's back on form. Moving on to the ninth race, also on the turf, mile and 16th for, for three-year-olds and up. That's the find stakes. Uh which and I feel like the all brandy and the find at one point were both a mile and an eighth. Am I wrong about that? I think you're right. Yeah, I, I'll um, go back, but it, it it seems to you know if my, if my recollection is correct. Yeah, it was a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's what yeah. I thought. This one. This is actually this is a short field, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a good field. Yeah, is, yeah. There are some good horses in this race. Favorite here is Just Howard. He's a multiple mm-hmm. grade three winner of over $400,000. Got two other horses that got a half million in the bank already. And then, oh, Dionysus, who's a turf stakes winner of over three seventy. What's your take here on the find, Keith? Uh, well, it certainly looks like English minister Just Howard of Dionysus. Just Howard will be your favorite coming off the, uh, the gritty victory up at Monmouth in the ocean port. Uh, you know, shorter field, he has enough kind of speed to keep him right there towards the lead. It'll be interesting. Taxable goods, he's kind of a, been, a, been a little bit rank early on in the starts. I wonder if they're just going to go ahead and try to let him go and steal it at a price. But uh, I come back. Oh, Dionysus owes me a lot of money, Frank. <laughs> and I'm going to come back again. We have, we have a tough little relationship going. The blinkers come off. And uh, interesting little percentage. We're going to show this on the show as well. 29%. Blinkers off angle for, for Gary Cat uh, with an ROI of over $3. He, he, he's been right there with Just Howard. He's actually finished in front of him uh, in, in the Dixie. He's had tough trips. I, 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 think he can, I think he can get it done against this field. I, I, I think he's an interesting guy. An interesting play here as well, too, Keith, because I think I think a lot of people are going to look at him and kind of dismiss him off the last race in the Glasgow, but they, they weren't walking in the Glasgow. They weren't even crawling. They were barely moving on the front mm-hmm. end there. They went 26 mm-hmm. and 50 in a seven and a half furlong race where there were legitimate sprinters in the race. I, I, that, that race was a complete mystery. I just completely yeah. draw a line through that. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the prior races, he's right, as you said, he's right there with just howard and his race in the cape henlopen was good i mean the winner of that race canisar is a real horse too and this one had the lead leaving the furlong ground so i i I think he's a legitimate player i am i'm i i gotta admit though i'm i'm a fan of just howard i'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to seeing him i talked with willie white who's the owner uh earlier this week and wrote about it on the racingbiz.com he uh he he tells me the horse is doing really well and they're excited to see him run and he's had some trip troubles in his recent prior starts not so much last time but in the dixie and the in the henry s clark and and uh you know probably shouldn't have too much trip trouble in a short field today you would not think so uh it'd be interesting talking about the full how's it going to go belfort speed last on the dirt i don't think he's really a, a turf horse but uh just howard should be able to trevor should be able to put him kind of where he wants English minister Lewis, boy, this horse is at nine right now. He's won three straight. What, what course record last time, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in that allowance race with a buyer of 95, beating force to pass a great type horse. So, yeah, what a job Trump better done with English minister. Yeah, that horse I find mystifying, you know, because for years he was one of those horses who would run good races but never, ever win. And now all mm. of a sudden he's, you know, he's as good as he's ever been right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, shorter field, but they say a lot of talent in the fine stakes. Yeah, no, that should be a fun race. Mm-hmm. Talking mm-hmm. with Keith Fustel, line maker at Laurel Park. One more stakes race to talk about here. That's the $75,000 Miss Disco for three-year-old fillies going three-quarters on the main track here. You got a favorite, another trombetta horse. That's never enough time who is getting major class relief from what she's been seeing her last couple starts, Keith. And the issue is she is scratched. Oh, she is. A little bit ago, she is scratched. They're going to scratch the four, never enough time, and the six, Hickory Maid. In in, uh, in race ten, in this disco stakes, yeah. Well, yeah. that is serious news because never enough time is going to be tough here, I think. But where does that yeah. point you? 
Well, and it was interesting. I was wondering why McCarthy was on the horse and Finn Mattello on the outer on, on the outside introducing what's going on here. And then, uh, a little birdie, I got a little story, and then confirmed by the stewards, uh, scratch of the four, never enough time. It, it leads me to the one or the seven. Uh, seven, I believe, introduced now going to be the favorite. Uh, you know, did not run really that fast in its in its dirt dirt win back in um, back in September of eighteen, and made in forty here uh, in for the waiver that day. But you know, seems to be really improving for for Duarte. The horse working well uh, on the dirt surface, but a little bit more value past perfect. I, I don't know where that came from uh, last time out. The improved speed and the way she kind of drew off under just a mild hand ride last time out. I think she sits just off. Uh, of the, the horses just to her outside, Ten Oaks Miss Bunting has got it all go. Um, just hoping she's a little bit better than introduced uh, on the dirt. It's going to be a little bit better price. Yeah, the interesting thing with introduced too is, it seems to me. I mean, this is a horse that I believe was favored in a turf allowance yesterday or the day before and scratched out of it to show up in this spot. So uh, they must be thinking this horse will. You know, take a step forward from what she showed on the dirt previously. Yeah, and maybe, like I say, wondering why they went here. Maybe they had a little bit of word that, that the four was probably maybe not going to run. I don't, I don't know if that had something to do with it because I, I thought the other race <laughs> looked, looked easier. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think she's she's a better filly right now. I, she won kind of easily at two. She certainly could move up off of that dirt track. Yeah, that's certainly the truth. Any other things you want to point us to on the Laurel Park card this afternoon, Keith? Well, I, I, you know, I couldn't unearth any monster shots uh, first race today with some scratches. The Royal Kibosh does come in off the AEs. Might be a little user at a price uh, with, uh, that is, I believe, still Trevor McCarthy and Merriman with a couple winners, I think, back-to-back, believe it or not, yesterday. And Royal Kibosh, I think there's going to be speed for that horse to run into looking at a price shot there. I like guilty in race two. Mm, other than that, I'm interested to see what Smile for Eternity can do off the layoff in race four. I, I thought there's a horse that's really showing a lot of promise as a turf sprinter. He's run big off of a layoff in the past. So uh, not a ton of big prices for me on this card. Um, I lean a little bit towards in, in race number five, Sarah's Treasure. I just think she's running against a little bit more seasoned animals. Uh, the rail horse for Jerry Robb, doing great right now. Mighty talk. Uh, my only concern is the mile. Uh, she's, she's, she's really blossomed into a, into a nice sprinter. Can she take that speed a little bit further? All right, Keith, I know you got to go, so we're going to let you go. But Keith Fustel, thanks so much for joining us here on Off to the Races, and good luck this afternoon. Thank you, Frank. Uh, we'll see you out there. Looking for a great day. You know, your listeners should get a chance. Come on out to Laurel. Check out what's going on. Uh, some really nice improvements to the whole facility. I know a lot of uh, good events planned for throughout the day. and looks like the weather's going to cooperate. And a uh, nice little betting card. And uh, a major pick six carryover for us. So that, that's good. Something to chase. All right. Sounds good. That was Keith Fustel from Laurel Park. We are up against a break here on Off to the Races. Still got Derby Bill and Nick Hahn to come. But right after the break, Karen Godsey, first-time stakes-winning trainer, going to join us. You're listening to Off to the Races Radio. We're coming right back. Did you miss a special guest? Were you unable to tune in for your favorite show? Don't worry at all, my friend. Listen to our podcast whenever you want, wherever you want. By downloading the ESPN Richmond app or online at ESPNRichmond.com. Hi, I'm Dale Jones, an agronomist with Virginia Green. That's a soil scientist. I'd like to show you how Virginia Green's local expertise can bring out the green in your lawn. But this is radio, so I can't. Instead, I'll sing you a song. Your lawn can be green, green as green you ever did see. Pretty and lovely and free of weeds, particularly when watered regularly. Stop! Aeration time! Did I mention I'm a soil scientist? See how Virginia Green can bring out the best in your lawn at virginiagreenlawncare.com. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bill, Susan, you guys look amazing. What's the secret? Our new Sleep Number 360 smart bed. He chooses the comfort on his side. I choose mine. We feel great. Can it help keep you asleep? Yes, it senses our movements and adjusts to keep us both comfortable all night. I don't think it's a secret anymore. It's the biggest sale of the year. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing, only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Valero salutes you and all your finest moments. For those times you go beyond what you thought possible. Whether that looks like running that extra mile or that extra errand. For taking on a new challenge, a new adventure, or a new route to work. Wherever life's finest moments take you, get there with the finest fuel. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel. It keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. You're a pro. You've got a bathroom remodel and clients counting on you to pull it all together. Lots of good reasons to count on the Home Depot. Find complete, coordinated bath product collections, the latest trends and designs from top brands like Delta. It's easy to pull together an amazing look when you know where to look. The latest collections from Delta, in-store or online, now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. Welcome back, everybody. Bad Moon Rides in there. A little CCR from our man, Matt Josephs, behind the glass. Frank Vespi here, off to the races. We're talking thoroughbred racing and breeding. Going to be joined right now by a first-time stakes-winning trainer, Karen Dennehy. Gods, he took the M. Tyson Gilpin with What the Beep last week. Karen, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you. So let's start with what the beep. How does it feel to get your first stakes win? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, it's so much of a story behind the horse, too. Um, it makes it so much more special that she was my first stakes winner because, you know, she's been, uh, she's a, golly, I think it's a fourth generation homebred now. Um, her mom was my first winner as a trainer down here. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, you know, these are horses that we bred and fold out at the farm and raised and um, had a hand in doing everything with them. So, you know, and, and being at our home track where your whole family gets to be there and, and all the farm, um, all the grooms and riders that had a hand in these horses, everybody's there. So uh, it was definitely a very special moment. When you're watching the race, when do you, you're, you were the six to five favorite in that race, but when do you, when do you say to yourself, "Hey, we're we're going to get the money here"? Um, I you know I'm I'm always very quiet up until you know you know she starts making that run and um, you know her brother Braxton who also ran that day they're they're pretty similar um, in their races you know they kind of sit chilly and then they make you know a nice run at the end so um, you know you kind of just sit there and you you hold on until they start making that and then you know once they start trying they're they're just like their mama they they have a ton of heart and um you know she uh she got clear and and forrest was you know gave her a a great ride being down there on the inside and the philly likes to make a run on the outside i'm just being patient and waiting for that to open up so um you know and then when she got cleared she she uh kicked on so yeah, it's, I mean, one of the things that was kind of neat, uh, certainly during opening weekend, you, you know, it's it's a different profile of, you know, trainers and jockeys who are there. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not quite the same group that was, but a lot of the people who enjoyed success through the first iteration of Colonial had success last weekend too. I mean, you know, you obviously won a stake. Forest Boys, who won her first graded stake at Colonial, wins uh, wins this race. Sheldon Russell, who got his start at Colonial, had a good week. And so it's kind of neat to see uh, people who who have, had done well at Colonial come back six years later and almost kind of pick up where they left off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's true because, I mean, she was um... – she was the second horse I saddled in uh, what five or six years because after Colonial closed, I um, 
you know, it was just too hard to run off the farm and to go to other tracks. So we would send our horses to other trainers and, and have them stabled. So, um, you know, I'd been out of it. I'd just been doing the, the breaking and training on the farm for a while. So, um, you know, to, to be back here and to get it all going, it was kind of surreal in the beginning, just, you know, just to be back here because it's been so long. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, the more more we're down here, it just kind of feels like we never missed a beat. So, <laughs> but it is, you see a lot of those old faces and, um, you know, the people that did, like you said, had the success down here. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's definitely a fun place to be and, and a fun beat. So, good, good opportunities for a lot of horses that you don't get at a lot of other tracks. So, um, and this turf course is, is just unreal. So, now are you, um, are you looking at you had Braxton who ran a huge race at long odds also on that card and what the beep they're both out of Tacoa um are they gonna are these two horses are you intending for them to come back during the meet yeah um so I'm, I'm just gonna sit on them till these um you know they have another set of Virginia bread steaks um uh closing day so you know I'm just gonna you know hang out and keep them healthy and happy and um, you know, wait to, to enter that spot back. So, uh, what the beep we've, we've tried to run her back of just a couple, um, weeks rest and, and she's never fired off of that. She's, she needs a little bit more time in between. So, um, you know, and, and Braxton, he just doesn't have, have the conditions for, for anything else. So, um, you know, it just makes sense to, to wait until those races come back, especially since they were both pretty competitive and I'm, Talking with trainer Karen Dennehy Godsey here. And Karen, let's talk about, you know, you, you said there's such a great story behind what the beat. Let's talk about Tacoa for a minute. That's her dam. Tacoa uh, Tacoa might have been as, as colonial as ever as any horse ever was. Talk about her and her relationship with Colonial Downs. Um, well she she was actually a very difficult horse to to train because she you couldn't ride her. Um, you know, she wasn't one you could gallop. She would head sling. Uh, she'd run off. Um, so she was ponied basically between, you know, races. And, and she would only run at Colonial because she didn't handle, you know, being at the track for long periods of time. And she didn't like to ship. And, and so we would just hang out, you know, at the farm all year, uh, leg her up for Colonial. Um, and it was always, you know, a little hairy training. Or you had to train her off the pony or just, you know, get her fit from, break it off at the gap or the gates um she was a little rogue but you know come race day she was all business and and you know she was a cheaper horse you know she um she she did win allowance race but you know mostly she ran those you know nickel date races but you know she never missed i think at 30 some starts she only missed one paycheck and she always gave a thousand percent i mean she she was so much heart and you know, she was she was a cheaper horse without much breeding, and that's why we didn't breed her right away. Because I'm very hesitant to just breed everything. And um, but uh, she, I'm now kicking myself I didn't breed her earlier because <laughs> she she definitely passed the heart on <laughs> and a little bit more talent. Both of these uh, offsprings of hers, you know, I think they've you know they've run in some better caliber races than she used to. But uh, you know, and, and they have her heart so. Um, I wish wish I had started sooner. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you uh, how do you train a horse that that's as difficult as that? I mean, I, we, I just figured out what worked, and that and that was the pony horse. Um, and it was you know you could ride her for the first couple of weeks, legging her up at the farm, and then you know once she was ready, you know to start uh, breezing and such. Um, you know, it, it was like I said, it was, it was some hairy moments. She was she was not <laughs> ten or nothing, so. You know, I always kind of held my breath getting her fit, but once you got her to that first race, and it was easy because she, you know, she'd run every two weeks, and you could just pony her in between, and um, you know, she she would be fresh because she'd have the rest of the winter off. Um, you know, and she was competitive because she wasn't at a track continuing to run and go through those conditions. So every year she'd come back and kind of have them again. So, oh um, right, you know, you, you'd have a, like hadn't yeah, won so that a race in it. To run and yeah, yeah, and so we owned her, so it was easy. You know, we have our own farm, so it's easy to just bring her home and let her hang out, and that kept her, you know, healthy and and happy, and and to where she, you know, could win down here even as a ten year old. So, um, but we tried to bring her back as an eleven year old because everybody kept saying, you know, when are you when are you going to retire and. Um, I said, well, the moment she tells me she's done, you know, because she, she loves it. She absolutely loves um, to run. And and when we were legging her back up uh, to bring her down to Colonial in her 11th, um, 11-year-old year, 
we went to the track one time to breeze her, and I think it was her second work back, and she refused to go through the gap, which was not typical of her at all. This filly has never said, you know, no to training. And, um, you know, she just sat there and refused, and I said, all right, that's it. We brought her, jumped off of her, we untacked her right there at the gap, and that was it. So <laughs> and, uh, and she got to come hang out. <laughs> Something to be said for horsemanship there and, and you know, listening to what the horse has to say. I'm curious, you know, you said she was sort of very difficult and headstrong. You say she's passed her heart on to, to her offspring. Has she also passed on her, her headstrongness? <laughs> A little bit more to what the beef than to Braxton. Um, you know, and, and one of the problems, you know, uh, Robbie Bales had her for us up in Maryland and, and did a you know phenomenal job with her. But, you know, she was not settled up there you know it's a little bit more of closed in barns and she would race the stall a lot and we we did everything we bought her a mirror we bought her you know one of those liquid titanium hoods to wear um we bought her a goat i mean we tried everything (laughs) to keep her chill and she just you know she she did not i mean she would just race around in the stall um so he kind of had his hands full with her there and did a great job but you know after her last race up there we brought her home um let her be on the farm for a couple weeks and coming here, um, she doesn't seem, you know, she's she weaves a bit like her mama does, but she doesn't race a stall like she used to up there. So I think, you know, this backside being kind of more open and quiet, and um, you know, uh, visually they can kind of see out and around a little bit more. I think that helps her a lot. So, um, you know, a little bit of that is just the environment. I think she's just happier. Um, with the barns down here so no no need for a goat thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> although yeah it sounds like you have a spare if you need it um, yes. <laughs> so what yeah. will you and do then, with uh, her after colonial you know I, i'm not really sure because you know that like i said I, she doesn't have she's kind of gone through quite a bit of the conditions that she would be um competitive at you know she goes back up to maryland i don't think she's a six caliber horse in open company. Um, you know, she was competitive there and, and their, um, allowance races, but now since she's, she's, uh, got this win under her, um, you know, I'm not sure how many good spots she has. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how she comes out of the next race. And, you know, there's a chance that she might end up like her mama. She might, you know, come back to the farm and hang out and then leg up to go. So, you know, when they, when they win you good money, there's no need to, you know, keep entering them all the time. I'd I'd rather give them some breaks, keep them fresh, and get get more length out of them um, for their race careers. So that's that's still on the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> all right, talking with Karen Godsey and Karen, I did want to just touch on you know what it how it feels for you guys and what it means to you uh, to have Colonial Downs back in operation. Um, I mean, my parents. I just remember being, you know, six years old and going to these, they would haul me around with a little pony and put a t-shirt on me that said, I'm for racing in Virginia. And I held up a sign saying, vote yes for paramutual racing in Virginia. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of (laughs) like, I remember doing all of that stuff as a kid. I remember coming out when Colonial was getting built and just seeing these big mounds of dirt everywhere and everybody being so excited and, um, you know, and then working for my mom down here until I, um, graduated college and got my trainer's license and, um, and took over. And um, and this is, I mean, I think being down here um, helped me be successful in the farm because it, you know, I learned a lot. I made a lot of connections. I, you know, had a better grasp on exactly, you know, how these horses should be, um, you know, trained up to coming into the track. And so, you know, when I went home, I, I knew how I wanted horses that I got into the track. So, you know, I think it, it really helped me. Um, handle that business and um, you know and, and that's my main thing and you know I mean I would just run here during the summers um, but you know it was it was a big chunk of my income you know you you know it's not a glamorous high paying job um, breaking and training horses so um, you know I look forward to the summers it was a nice little break away from the farm and you know um, some ex- extra money so when it closed we were we were pretty devastated but luckily the farm held on and they had the great new uh Virginia certified program, which has been wonderful for everybody. So, um, you know, but to have it back, it's like I said, I mean, Jim Beef was my second horse I saddled in, in five years because I, you know, was so busy on the farm and um, just wasn't uh, wasn't training anymore. We sent them off. So, 
it's uh, it's exciting to have it back for sure. Now looking at uh, looking at the entries, not seeing anything for your name this weekend. When should we look to see another Eagle Point runner heading out at Colonial Downs? Uh, I hope to have something soon. I've got a couple to enter for clients um, the next couple of days, but uh, I also have uh, Beep and Braxton's uh, little brother down here who just got his gate card. So um, you know, of course, with with what they've done, we're you know. Uh, we're pretty excited about having him in the barn. So hopefully we get a start in before the end here. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. He is a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Karen Dennehy Godsey, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck with the rest of the meet. Thank you so much. All right, that was Karen Godsey, stakes-winning trainer from Eagle Point Farm. We are up against our final break here on Off to the Races. When we come back, Derby Bill Watson and Nick Hahn, who gave out a huge winner yesterday. You're listening to Off to the Races Radio. Don't go anywhere. Got a sports opinion you just can't wait to share? Call the ESPN Richmond voicemail anytime. 638-9508. Leave us a message with your thoughts, and we'll play them back on Black and Drew. 804-638-9508. Join us all summer long for action-packed weekends of racing at Laurel Park Thursday through Sunday. Grab a bite in one of our recently renovated restaurants or step outside to get in on all the action from the post parade to the finish line. See you out on the track post time 1:10 p.m. at Laurel Park. Learn more at laurelpark.com. At Indeed, we understand that when it comes to hiring, it's important to have a large talent pool to choose from. But sometimes too many good options can be overwhelming. That's why Indeed doesn't just give you access to a large pool of job seekers. We also offer screener tools that let you instantly narrow down your search. Hone in on hiring with Indeed. Experience Indeed for yourself today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting at Indeed.com slash promo. Terms and conditions apply. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. New Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Join us for live year-round racing here at Hollywood Casino at Charlestown races every Thursday through Saturday for the rest of 2019. Our next big evening of racing will be on Saturday, September 21st for the 11th annual Race for the Ribbon Card, headlined by the Grade 3 $300,000 Charlestown Oaks. And the best West Virginia breads will square off on West Virginia Breeders' Classics Night on Saturday, October 12th. Located just an hour and a half from both Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, come check out all of what West Richmond Spiders football is returning. Thomas again in the backfield, loses the football, he fumbles it, and the Spiders have it at the 10 or 11-yard line. The Spiders are back on the field August 29th at home versus Jacksonville. Chenault looks, throws into the back of the end zone, leaping, touchdown, catch by Isaac Brown. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 with a UR football tailgate show on your home for the Spiders, 99.5 FM and 9.50 AM. ESPN. Wager on all of Delaware Park's live thoroughbred racing action every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday through October 5th. Post time is 1.15 p.m. The nearly $3 million stake schedule is highlighted by the July 6th Grade 3 Delaware Oaks and our signature Phillies and Mares race, the Grade 2 Delaware Handicap on July 13. Visit DelawarePark.com for more information on live racing, promotions, and simulcast schedules, or call 1-800-41-SLOTS. Always free admission and parking at Delaware Park. Covering our local teams with a local passion. We're dedicated to the most sports talk for true RVA sports fans. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Welcome back, everybody. Off to the races radio. My name's Frank Vespi. Final segment upon us. Derby Bill Watson in the house. Derby Bill, how's the Colonial Downs meet treating you? Yeah, like a yo-yo. You ever remember the yo-yo? Up and down and up and down. It's always fun, though. 
Well, let's hope we're on an upswing today. One guy I know is on an upswing. That's Nick Hahn. He had a $66 winner on top yesterday. Nick Hahn, are you a genius? Never underestimate the talent of Tennessee breads. Hacker man. <laughs> Hacker man. You should, see, you should see some of the places I put. And you can kind of figure out why Hacker man made so much sense. I mean, um been a great start to the meet so far. Derby Bill is absolutely right. I, I got a lot to say about chickens today and uh, feathers tomorrow being on the menu because uh, it has been feast or famine for so many of the participants of racing at Colonial Downs since the meet opened. Karen Den- Denahy Godsey, by the way, great interview. Um, you guys, I mean, that's got to be the moment of the meet so far, seeing her in the winner's circle uh, after that race, the emotion of winning that race. Uh, Outstanding. I mean, you can see why people love this sport so much and uh, really appreciate it here in our own state. A lot of the media hadn't been covering the meet probably as closely as they should, and they're really missing out. There are a lot of great stories here uh, to start the meet. It's been outstanding. Well, it's all the more reason for people to follow it on the racingbiz.com where Nick's picks has picks from both of you guys every day, plus recaps, looks ahead, all kinds of good stuff, all kinds of coverage of Colonial Downs on the racingbiz.com. But let us start here. Let's talk, uh, let's head out to the West Coast where the turf meets the surf here. Del Mar, the grade one Pacific Classic, the highlight of that meet is on the docket today. Kind of a wide open race. It's a little bit of a light group. It's not a not a great group here, but uh, a lot of different runners could win this race. What say you about that, Derby Bill Watson? Yeah, we're not going for a pick four out there, although it's a nice card. Uh, we uh, turned 16 uh, chads into 29 chads at Arlington last week, so uh, my butcher said cube steak instead of uh, filet mignon last week, but at least we got... At least we got a win last week in a pick four, finally. Well, that a boy, yeah, it's uh, it is as I mentioned earlier. It's Chad's Chad Brown's world. We're just living in it. Uh, Nick, you got a pick for me for the Pacific Classic. I'm going to go with your Preakness pick from last year. I kind of like tenfold here in this race. Admittedly, I've been doing so much work here at Colonial. I haven't had the opportunity to to really dive in and handicap this race as, as I should, especially when giving a pick out. But kind of reminds me of, of like Owendale this year, sort of under the radar, but just kind of a smaller horse, but still pops up and performs well and um, at times and just kind of shocks people. I like tenfold here in the Pacific Classic. By the way, uh, go between one the Virginia Derby and, and before Catholic Boy, it might have been Go Between that was like the multi-surface wizard. Uh, he won the Pacific Classic coming out of the Virginia Derby of back in 2006 when he won the Virginia Derby. So little connection there, the uh, Colonial Downs Del Mar half. I'm just impressed hey, that Frank. you remember my uh, pick from last year's Preakness. Yeah, Bill. Hey, does Nick know that horse is only 8-1? to one? <laughs> I don't know. I thought he only, I thought he only plays thirty to one. So I think I thought he'd at least be on Street Band, the uh, running at his lifetime best and over ten to one. If we're going with uh, Long Shot Hawn. <laughs> since he got that thirty to one horse. What about you, Bill? You on anything in the uh, in the Pacific Classic? Yeah, I am using Street Band. He's at his lifetime best. It's a, the odds are just impeccable. Ten to one might get me that. Uh, uh, filet mignon uh, number five street band over the favorites and uh, trying to beat chad this week instead of going with him all four races last week dunbar road is tough uh, but eight to five is not in need of a1 sauce so i'm skipping over dunbar road and going with street band 10 to one across the board um i am confused and the reason I'm confused is you just gave me picks for the Alabama. Oh, I did. You're right. <laughs> you got that anything for the Pacific you. Classic? Thank God. I, thank God I'm on my game. <laughs> it's a good thing you're among friends here. 
Uh, Colonial will give you a headache after uh, all the maidens running at Colonial Downs on Friday and Thursday nights has uh, gotten to me. Uh, seeking the Soul, obviously the best choice. Dallas Stewart won a big race at Colonial Downs with a horse that might run in the Virginia Derby, and he's trying to win with Seeking the Soul. I don't think Seeking the Soul will get a mile and a quarter, so I'm going to try to beat him with uh, uh, the the pace setter will be Clip, and I'm going down to Pavel. Pavel, uh, the only problem with that is, you know, one for his last 14 is not impeccable, so Pavel is uh, – uh, they're all three shaky picks for me. That's probably why I focused on the Alabama. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's turn our attention closer to home. Colonial Downs, two stakes today. Uh, the uh, Chesapeake, 100000 bucks, three-year-olds and up, six furlongs on the main track. A little bit of a small field here, six horses. Uh, Nick Hahn, a couple of... We got a, a couple of Maryland breads in this race. We also have a Minnesota bread in Mr. Jaegermeister, but the favorite is Petroff. What say you about the Chesapeake? You know, it's probably my fault that Bill picked the wrong race because I put the wrong picks on the tip sheet on Thursday. I, I may have been the start <laughs> of it all, but um, he, uh, we did get that fixed finally. But the... Uh, yeah, Mr. Jägermeister uh, coming in from Minnesota bread. Hey, if it worked for a Tennessee bread last last night, maybe it works for a Minnesota bread today. Uh, a rare stakes race on the dirt um, at Colonial Downs for $100,000. I, I kind of like Mr. Jägermeister here. I think Petrov has um, seen maybe the prime. of He might be a little post-prime in his, in his racing career. By the way, they, there was a performance, I think it was on Friday, now all the days start running together, um, from blood curdling that nearly set the track record at Colonial Downs. That's a horse that I heard mentioned several times this morning on the backstretch as being one of the top performers of the meet so far. And that was on the dirt, not on the turf. Uh, so interesting, uh, maybe this dirt course, we always thought it was over underrated, and maybe uh, you know we'll see a little bit more... Uh, uh, solid performance on the on the dirt, but um, I'm going to go with Mr. Jägermeister here, and, and, and it's really between Mr. Jägermeister, Lewis Field, and Petroff, and in my opinion, that's who who I have on the next picks tip sheet this morning. You agree with that, Bill? Is this the Chesapeake or the Potomac? This is the Chesapeake. Okay, the Chesapeake. I'm going with a Potomac bordered horse called uh, from your. From Maryland, my Maryland, Louisville, Louisville, just a monster, a monster price on this one at seven to two. If you can get that, because Petro will get probably all the money from around the country here, um, and uh, Louisville's probably the most experienced, and he's trimming the distance just a smidge. And Jägermeister reminds me of some uh, drinks I've had before, so that's a good one to put in a trifecta. So three, two, six, trifecta, exacta, uh, superfecta, anything you can put in. <laughs> All right, drink up there. It's Lewis Field or Patroff or Mr. Jägermeister. In the Chesapeake, not too much time left, but the Dahas. Nick, five and a half on the turf, go. Doesn't the Potomac flow into the Chesapeake? But I digress. Uh, I'm going to go with Dirty here. This is a horse, the 10 horse. He's been pretty competitive against a real talent in the name of World of Trouble, has been head-to-head -head against him three times and has not really embarrassed himself. Obviously, uh, a pretty substantial drop to get into the DeHaas, which has had you know, a number of, of nice winners throughout the, through their career with Mitch Lula. Remember, Marshall Dow won this race, Baltimore Bob, Action Andy, and, of course, the legendary story of DeHaas you can read on the next Picks Tip Sheet this morning as well but um yeah and and i think derby bill i saw his horse he's actually in the barn of ben robertson who won a race last night that's where he's uh taking residence here um on the backstretch at colonial downs just a haul it looked pretty good this morning too i know derby bill will have interest in that all right derby bill briefly your uh picks here for the dehas yeah, for once, you're going to pull the fire alarm again on us. This is a rare occasion, Derby Bill and Nick Hahn are on the same horse. A uh, horse named after uh, Derby Bill in his early early days when they called me Dirty Bill. Uh, five to one. 
just a monster price on a with Vargas up if he makes a trip down 95. This one ran against World of Trouble, two back. This is just class, 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 and I'm surprised he's not the favorite here. Uh, just a holic reminds me of uh, my buddies in Tennessee, Jim Bean and Jack Daniels. Just a holic. So I'm going to use that one. And extravagant, extravagant kids going for Dars Incorporated, with Dars Incorporated the leading owners at Colonial Downs, almost perennial. So won one last night. So nice trifecta there. Uh, dirty, just a holic, extravagant kid should get you to the bar. All right, that sounds good, and that's about where we're going to have to leave it. Two stakes at Colonial tonight, four at Laurel today, stakes action at Del Mar, at Saratoga. A lot to do for the batters, and we are up against the end of our show. want to say thanks to our producer, Matt Josephs. Thanks to Derby Bill, to Nick Hahn, and our other guests, Karen Dennehy-Godsey and Keith Fustel. Thanks, of course, to our listeners for, well, listening. What else would we do if you guys weren't listening? Keep up with racing all week long on theracingbiz.com. Tune in next week at the same time to hear the independent voice from Mid-Atlantic Racing and Breeding. My name's Frank Vespi. Have a great week, everybody. From the G Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTV.